You are now listening to the Life Defined Podcast, the show where we discuss the life-defining moments that we all go through that oftentimes makes us or breaks us. On this show, we always like to remind you that you might be going through all types of hell right now, but glory is on the way. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, so like I mentioned at the beginning of last week's episode, this originally was one long episode, which we broke up into two episodes because it was so much information and the episode was so good. So right now we're going to pick up in part two of our discussion with pastors Eric and Susan Kellum. So if you didn't listen to part one, you're going to want to go back and listen to that one because we do pick up at the end of our conversation there as my wife, Alicia, was speaking. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Because it just, because of what I thought it would be. It's like, I can't trust nobody to do it. You know what I mean? So I might as well not have my attention be divided and just go and do whatever it was my purpose is supposed to be. Because this is distracting. You know, it feels like it's distracting. But I also know that it's character building and perseverance building. So I'm battling. (laughs) Yeah. So some of the things that helped were I, I can identify with everything you said. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with looking internally. I was so angry with God. Mm-hmm. It, it, this was secondary at one point because it was in my, I had the audacity to say, God, I'm your daughter. I'm a good girl. I've been in church my entire life. I've done these things. And then I had to remember, why am I giving God a list? Like, who am I? Because right. I began to say things with the expectation that I had security, like I had guaranteed I'm going to marry a guy who's saved, who does this, 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 he's in ministry in some way. Da, 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 da. These are all the things I'm safe proofing. I'm going to guarantee that I don't have to go through what this person and that person has to go through. But that was kind of a blinders lens. But accepting, okay, mm-hmm. this no one is perfect. He's, I put him on a pedestal. And God had to tell me, you know what? You got him up there really high. You got him up there and he's a man. Yeah. And, and people are people, people are flawed. Mm-hmm. And it's a very long time for me to accept or believe when he would say, I love you. Or even though I've done this, it didn't take away my love. I was like, oh no, no, you don't love me. <laughs> if you loved me, you wouldn't have chosen that person in that moment. If you loved me, I would have been your priority. If you loved me, you would have noticed when you were sharing and bearing your soul to someone else and it wasn't me, why was that possible? Why was that comfortable? Why were you okay with it? Why were you okay with this before you got caught? All those things made it seem, they fed, they fed those feelings. But I'll tell you this much, the time of consistency with opposite behavior, the time of him, him being broken and eventually it took a while, but I remember the day that, God showed me his heart, mm-hmm. his broken heart to say he's broken. I mean, I, and in my, in my flesh, I was like, good. <laughs> I want you to be broken and I want you to feel what I felt. But when I got to the place where I didn't even wish my pain on him, mm-hmm. it took a while. But when mm-hmm. I got to the point where I saw how hurt he was for causing that hurt and he was able to be vulnerable enough to express it sincerely not in the quick 
because at one point he was just saying what he thought was going to work to fix. He just wanted to fix it. He just wanted to fix it. He was sorry. And I was like, you're always sorry. You're sorry. Yeah, you're sorry. You're sorry. You're sorry. But I need to see the contrition of your heart that this, this has devastated you just as much as it's devastated me that right. you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to do this again, that you wouldn't want, that you see the devastation. And I would use words like you, you desecrated, you spit on mm-hmm. the sacredness of what we had, the value of it. You've taken what's supposed to be my honor and my crown as your wife, and you've dispersed it to these other people. You've given them a place, you've given them a position, you've given them clout and ability to stand even side by side with me that's not okay in these areas that she's elevated that she has something that only I'm supposed to have she knows something that I'm only supposed to know all those types of things it took it took a work it took a lot of purging and it took a lot of releasing or letting it go because I was clenching yeah the grudge was there the I will never allow you to hurt me again. I will lay here and I'll be the good wife, but I'm dead. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to feel anything good. I'm not going to let myself enjoy anything. I wanted to try. I was at that point trying to abort everything. Just I don't want the good seeds. I don't want you to. And I will say that his persistence, consistency, and brokenness and demonstration of that over time is the only thing that made the difference. Because I healed here and I still had the wall up here. Like I'm right. good, we're good, but I can't, I listen to my words. I can't let him hurt me. I can't let him hurt me like that again. And God was like, do you hear yourself? Yeah. And, and even though your vow and your commitment, what did you promise? I didn't guarantee you that it was going to be better. Mm. Going to just be good. That it was going to be, what about the worst? What about the sickness? What about, he's, there's a sickness here. I had to actually recognize that there was a, there was a, not only a brokenness, but that there was holes in his soul that were just so deep that it wasn't even my place to feel. Mm. And I was disappointed because I wasn't feeling those places or that you were outsourcing what, I'm supposed to be, and it was like, it, it, beyond you, the, there are holes and things that only I can feel as right. God, that you're not his Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you're getting beside yourself. You thought you were me, mm-hmm. and you had him on a pedestal on top of it. So you need to get yourself together and focus on, focus on this and open, be open. Just be, even if, just be open to the possibility that you can love again. And that took a lot of time. I will say, I'm gonna close out because I know I'm talking a lot. I will say that I put myself in a place to say, God, maybe. I'm just gonna be open to the possibility because I don't wanna, I'm mad and I'm angry, but I still have to live and I'm gonna starve myself of love and and not allow myself the benefits of having a true union in marriage that I'm doing this for the kids now. Mm -hmm. Because I went through that season where I'm here I'm, I'm going to do everything I have to do. I'll say the right things. I'll have sex with you. All the things. I'm not going to, I'm going to do everything right, but I'm not going to really fall in love with you. Be vulnerable. I'm not going to open myself up. I'm not going to play the fool. And yeah. I, I did that for a while, but it wasn't working. And God, I, God had to show, it doesn't work. And God <laughs> had to show me myself. 
And when, and when I begin to focus on that part of my healing, a lot of the things that I was still holding on to begin to kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. very gradually and one day I looked up and I was actually smiling for real and one day I noticed I began to see him again Mm -hmm. and that's when he showed me his heart his broken heart and I cried for him even I was like oh my gosh I still love this man and I'm so and God said you the reason why it hurts you so much is because because you love him so much if you didn't love him you didn't really care what would it be to you right so the fact that you're hurt this you're that devastated because you love to that extent but i need you to continue to love because that's what i've called you to let me do the rest just trust you don't trust him just trust me and when i did that i began to trust him again it took a while but once i did i was like oh my gosh i kind of I'm not worried. I don't feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. You're going to go, you're going on social media and you're going to do da 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 da. And it, it, it didn't cross my mind. Oh, who is she? What's that? Who, why, what are you meeting about? Why are they, why are you all talking so long? And da 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 da. Who was that? I, I, the peace was restoring for me to say, you know what? That's not my, I can't control that. Remind you, that took years and years because yeah. the process of healing is, is, phases at a time. Um, Alicia and to anybody else that might be listening, I would also encourage, and you're probably doing this, but just consider, and this is not to make an excuse for men, but the road to recovery for a man can be very difficult. I put this statement on social media a couple of weeks ago. It was like an epiphany for me personally. Um, it's a very simple statement. When Eve was created, when Adam was created, he was created in the garden alone. Mm-hmm. when Eve was created she was created in relationship like she never knew what it was like to be by herself mm-hmm. Adam until he met Eve didn't know what it was like to be in relationship to relate sometimes in trying to internalize what's wrong with me it's probably more challenging for a man than it is for a woman because a woman can even relate with what's going on with her feelings inside mm-hmm. we are just taught brush it off don't worry right. about it. And then to go a step forward to be in a relationship with your spouse and share with her your innermost thoughts, share with her your innermost fears. I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to not give you my stress. I'm not supposed to give you my worries. When the Bible says in Genesis 2 uh, that they were naked and not ashamed, the word for ashamed, it would be as described as a king who wears a royal cloak and he or tunic and he takes that off in his inner chamber. Is what is is that thing that you see him wear outside everywhere else, mm-hmm. but when he's by himself, he's nothing but in his undergarments, which is very vulnerable. And for many men, is it's challenging for us to be vulnerable, or to learn how to. There were some times earlier on when I would try to come to Susie, and I would try to just. I knew something was wrong with me. I needed to get it out. I didn't want to mess it up. The way I came across and said some things, she took it in a very hostile way. And it told me, don't tell her anything. I can't say anything because I don't want to, you know, and I didn't know how to go into those conversations. My dad never told me how to have this conversation. The only thing that my dad told me 
I don't want to throw him under the bus. And this is my foster father. This is my foster father, let alone my biological father. Who is that? So any reference that I have as far as how to navigate in a intimate relationship with a wife, I'm like Scoop. Scooby-Doo. And so <laughs> it ultimately takes its toll in taking it to the point where you get to the mess. And then again, for many brothers, it's tough to endure cleaning up the mess because again, you're still trying to tap into feelings that you don't know how to tap into. And so I don't say it as an excuse, but I ask it as a consideration. I meet with brothers now. One of the, I think the blessings that come out of it is that I meet with brothers every other Saturday. It's this journey we're on. We're called, it's called journeymen. Mm-hmm. And um, we focus on our relationships. I got brothers there that are recovering from different messes that they've started or have been in and trying to make sure that they are enduring this place where it's like, I don't know if we're going to make it or this is tough or she's not responsive or, you know, those question marks. And I'm hearing the same thing. These are brothers that no one ever told them about this. And now they're trying to learn how to recover. Mm-hmm. But I will, I want to say this other point. Susie said, eventually she told God, maybe. And when she told God, maybe, that's when you redefined what marriage was for me. Because mm-hmm. I think I had a similar definition of marriage is this person that would be my my DFW. I called her my DFW, down for whatever. Mm-hmm. She's got my back. She's always there for me. And then we our definition of marriage is usually ending with how it's going to benefit me. But that's not right. the definition of marriage from God's heart. Definition of marriage is ministry Like you're the number one person that I'm supposed to minister to before I minister to anyone else. Right. And, and when she said maybe to God, it changed my life. It wasn't even a full fledged yes, Mm -hmm. but her ministry to me to say, I'm going to still be your wife. I'm going to still try to make this work, even though I don't feel like it. And sometimes I look at you and you make me sick. Because God told me to, I will, and that ministered to my soul. Because marriage is loving someone like Jesus loved us right. until we die. And it totally changed. So, so her giving that to me made me want to say, all right, I got to get this together. So I started studying Susan. And I started looking at her. And how do I minister to her? And so even in an intimate setting, when she didn't even feel like having sex, there's one particular time I just looked at her and I said, you're not really here, are you? And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this because you're not here. And I want you to be here. And she had to be like Scooby-Doo that day. Like, <laughs> who, who are you? Right. <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> but it was something inside of me that says, I want to see the soul of this person. I want to know what's really bothering her. I want to investigate. And, I, and, and it was this ongoing pledge until we die I'm going to make it a point to make up for the pain that I caused you. That was like my pledge. That was my anthem. There's sometimes recently when we'll replay something. It might be today. And I'll look at her and I'll say, I'm sorry. Because I still feel what I did. And I never want to lose that. And Ray's been quiet the whole time. (laughs) At at, at some point, uh, it got to the point where we were like in a therapy session. Right. (laughs) And I was the... uh, like the 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 guy sitting in the in the, on the couch, just listening to the therapist. And so, uh, yeah, I don't have much to add. I've been listening. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been it's been really good. It's, yeah, like I said, 
it's just good to hear hear you guys and how you walk through it and just like even the part of it taking time mm -hmm. you know it's just even that is like endurance you know and, and persistence and intentionality that i think when it initially happened we took maybe a month or two to deal with it and got back into life you know mm. Jeez. And the underlying like effects of it were still there. The thoughts were still there. The distrust was just building. The the case was building, and it was it was bound to come up. I think just 2020 was like the perfect you know perfect storm for it to emerge. You know to be dealt with. But yeah, that just I'm thankful for you guys, your transparency, and you know your wisdom and sharing. And I definitely think this has been divine timing, because one of the things that I think Alicia had struggled with is being able to see where you guys are. Like hearing you guys talk and seeing where you are post incident. I think for a long time, she struggled to even see the reality of getting to where you are. So even having this conversation and your situations being very similar but to see you on the other side of it, I think it's very helpful mm -hmm. to even just hear you guys and see where you guys are, again, post-incident. Yeah, because the willingness is there. I just think, you know, and I'm big on hope, but I felt like I'd lost hope, you know? And again, it, it comes back to like that trust of like, or trying to break down what it is that I envision so that it aligns with God, you know, but the foundational piece, which I think is not <laughs> something that, is out of line to to desire is trust you know and so i can say lord i align with you but am i supposed to live the 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 rest of my life in a situation where i cannot trust and i know that's not like even fair for him you know where i gotta you know i gotta always be on edge or i feel like i'm vulnerable only to a point or i think for me you know one thing that i've recognized with it is that the 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 abuse of myself you know, that I've like in the, the holding back of myself, like holding back in terms of like serving him completely within his love language. Cause again, it's self-protection, it's building that wall. But then also like having in the back of my mind, all of my own insecurities and making that the reason why this happened eight years ago yeah. and never really like, like they don't, they're not the same. It's not like, and not, but not being able to recognize that they're not the same. Like you were saying, Eric, it's like, something that he brought in that had nothing to do with me, you know, but in my mind, I already hold these insecurities, these lies. And so absolutely, this is the reason why it happened. And like, I felt stuck and victimized within this context of my insecurities because I was not like that. This insecurity was not an issue prior to marriage. Right. So if you chose me, you know, based on this insecurity not existing and yet it still happened, now that the insecurities are blaring and they're still existent, like how am I to like what's the what's the point? You know, I might as well live with within this space and not develop or improve because either way, I can't trust you to choose me. And I think again, it comes back to just finding, you know, the truth within your identity based on what God says about you. And again, that's outside the context of what he may think or believe or feel, because again, whatever he did doesn't have anything to do with me specifically it might be outsourcing that thing that he needs but that's not necessarily like my fault 
you know, and that's that's something else that I've been coming to turn with terms with within this, and it makes me angry not only at him but also at myself, you know, because I'm like, how did you let yourself slide into this? But I know that a part of it was not having properly dealt with the situation in the beginning. It's so important that you give your, yourself time to grieve. Susie would would emphatically tell me how the marriage was dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hated to hear that because I'm like, no, we can just, we can, you know, this is a bump in the road, but it wasn't. There was a thought, there was a concept, there was this image of what we thought the marriage was, and it wasn't. And we had to grieve. Like if someone were to die, we've had a lot of deaths, obviously, in 2020, that person being gone, that's not something you could just push away and just move on with your life. That aspect of what the marriage was had died. And, and for a while, she, Susie would say, you know what? August 14th means nothing to me because that's our anniversary. And um, it came to a point probably a year later where we renewed our vows in October. Um, and so that was supposed to be our new date to celebrate. That wasn't a year later, though. That was a couple, couple years later. later. It was about three, it was a couple years three later. years later. Um, and so that was a new date, but then over the course of time, God resurrected August 14th again, so that we could celebrate, you know, but, but again, I think we, especially Christians, let me tell y'all, Christians, stop being fake with yourself, like, walk through what you're feeling, Yeah. and I know we, like, I know we, I know we have to let the word define us and all this other stuff, so I'm not, I'm not, taking that aspect away, but so many times we say we're blessed and highly favored, which is true, but God knows how you feel. Absolutely. And if you are not intimate with that, you're going to suppress that is going to seep out in other ways. And that's so that. important for it to happen. That was one of the things that I've, one of the things I'm thankful for in 2020. So like I said, I've learned more about myself and the way I think, the way I process, the way I feel, my makeup. And one of the things that I've learned about myself is one of my habits was to to just throw scripture on it. Mm -hmm. And that's for a long time, even if I felt something, I would try to just throw scripture on it. Well, the word says, well, God says, and never really sit in my feelings and process what I was feeling and allow myself to feel it, whether it was sadness or grief or depression. It was, well, what does the word say? And in all that, like you said, it has its place, but sometimes you've just got to sit in what you feel and acknowledge it and be okay feeling sad, feeling grief, feeling a, a sense of depression and then allowing the scriptures to come in and, and interpret and reinterpret and all of that. But you still got to allow yourself to feel. And for a long time, I didn't do that. Ray, I would recommend, I don't know if you wrestle with this, do not feel hesitant in continuing to use your words. And obviously your actions, but use your words to continue to encourage and esteem your wife during this season and something she's going to tell you straight up. I don't believe you, whatever (laughs) you just saying it. Don't make, don't, if it's sincerely what you believe and how you feel still say it Um, because it's going to take her getting used to hearing it. There's a process where she's going to hear it and say, please, 
And there's a time <laughs> here she won't say anything, but she's allowing it to 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 it's still seed. And then and eventually it she, will take root. Yeah. And so many times we we're frozen as men, like, should I say this? Do I do this? Naturally, as God is leading you to continue to heal this relationship, continue to do it and not be we're so caught up on how she's gonna react. Man, my wife liberated me. I told her once, I was afraid. You always said that if this happened, you do this, this, the other. And she said, you didn't understand that I was all bark. And she was like, that was like, that was my defense mechanism. That was what I was putting out there. But I still need you to rescue me. I still need you to come beyond the alarms, beyond the security systems, beyond the guard dogs. Susie's had a lot of guard dogs that I've had to fight through and still rescue me. I'm still looking for that. Yeah. And we're so paralyzed because I'm like, well, last time I told you I love you, you said, don't you ever tell me. You know what I'm saying? And so then we're like, I don't know what to say. And I'm saying. And then when you don't say it, then I'm like, see, I knew that. Before. You, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't say it again. So Obviously. <laughs> right. I knew it was all talking in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't look for that permission. Just God how do I love my wife today? God, how can I show her that I'm in this? How can I show her that I'm going to redeem this time that was lost? And whatever God shows you to do, do it like a champ. Like we go head over heels when we first meet our our, our women to, to convince them that, you know what, you need to ride with me. But then we get married and then we feel like we got to ask for permission to be the person that knocks her off of her feet or picks her up off. I don't want to knock you off your feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's super good. I would yeah. say okay. with that, affirm, just affirm, reaffirm over and over again, because some of the strongholds of spirits of inadequacy mm-hmm. and questioning yourself will continue to bombard, just try to bombard. You do have to take word and what you know and, and just continue to flush the lies because they're going to continue to come. You're going to continue to be tested, especially with those vulnerabilities exposed and out there. You're prone now to look into something that may not be anything, <laughs> but now it's like an alert, like, oh, that's more than it is. It'll take time after a while on both sides. I guess you get exhausted with trying to fend off unnecessarily. It's like, okay, wait, <laughs> then it's like, why, why am I still doing this? Wait, right. there's nothing in front of me and I'm still trying to put, you know, okay. Just relax a little bit. T- take your guard down a little bit mm. and gradually let the guard down because you can't protect yourself. Mm. That's not your position. Say that again. You can't protect yourself. You can't protect yourself. And at this, no, but on another note, there is this part that has an expectation of you to protect or to cover. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, you're supposed to be covering me and you then you call, I need to be covered from you. It's so right. kind of putting all that in perspective but allowing allowing for restoration to take place. It's so why all- do you say you can't protect yourself? I, I, Susie would tell me, like, if you do chose to do that again, that's fine. I'm good. And I told her, like, I used to think this, but then when I got comfortable saying what I thought, because I, I had to make a practice, me suppressing what I really was thinking was what got me in trouble the first place. So now I'm just going to speak up. I'm saying, you faking. You lying. You can't tell me that if I went and did something like that again, which I'm not going to do, but if I did, it would not hurt you. You can't tell me that. It would devastate you even probably even more because you gave me a chance 
and I did it again. So that's something that you're trying to say to protect yourself. Like we're not immune as Christians, marriage aside, we're not immune for what God may expose us to. Look at Job. Like there's nothing we could do in our faith that will protect us from disappointment, failure, hurt, pain, death. And it may not be physical death. It could be death to a circumstance or a situation. Nothing, it's, we are all, here we have thespians here. We are all play, uh, actors and characters in God's huge play. Yeah. And if you know, some people probably look at the scenes and they say, wait, I get killed off this season? Wait, hold on. <laughs> like, like we can't control that. So as much as we try to control the outcome, what God has planned, he's going to do. Mm. So it's not our will, it's his will be That's done. Author he's the author and he's the finisher. So yeah. we can waste all of our efforts. And then I want to say waste. I understand why we do it. We can put all of our efforts in trying to create a protection system. But at the end of the day, God's driving this, you know? Yeah. And so, and so, so that that's to me, just a trigger of that is where does that fall with ownership and responsibility of choices? Right. And so, so I think you have to be careful with that because of where we've been, right. what we've been through. When I would hear that language early into our healing process, to me, it sounded like, okay, that's just the excuse that we'll fall back on. To so say, the point, well, so where I was going to go with that is, and what I typically say to wives, there should be something that you see in your husband that is significantly different from what you saw before. There should be something, like she said, she saw my brokenness. She saw a consistency mm -hmm. Of that happening, and and there's there's got to be a a point where I believe there's a peace from God that says you guys are going to be all right. You're going to be scared, but you're going to be all right. So practically speaking, little things like, or maybe big things, depending on the circumstance, before the secret the, the secrecy of coming home, but at the time staying in the car on a conversation for a good 30 minutes to 40 minutes before you come in the house or going to the bathroom with the phone late at night or working really late at night on, on cause we were always working on different projects. So it would make sense if you're staying up late to write or you're staying up late to do da 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 da. But then finding out later that you weren't necessarily working on one of these endeavors, you were just, you know, doing something different and then feeling the robbery of the sacrifice because even though I would rather have you here and I'm in bed or I'm feeling lonely and I'm sacrificing because I'm good wife because I'm thinking, okay, he, I don't want to, you know, get in the way of grind, but you're not grinding for us. You're doing something, you're grinding differently. And mm -hmm. so having to reconcile with those things and still say, but being able to recognize those things and put them in perspective, but seeing the difference that now you don't stay up later than you need to, or you'll actually take some time, even if you probably would have used that time to go and write now, because of where we are, you're going to say, I do still need to be productive, but I'm going to sacrifice some of my writing my time schedule. to come and just spend time and, and make mm -hmm. sure that you know that I'm here. I'm just going to hold you. I'll give you another example. Do you remember when, um, I became a children's pastor for that church. Mm -hmm. And there was a particular volunteer that reminded you. There was a young a lady time. that looked almost identical to one of the young ladies. And so the test for me, at the same time for us, I was like, Lord, what are you doing? Because financially, we need to take advantage of this opportunity. But you're going to put me in a position where you're kind of putting me right out here with a trigger, basically is what it was like. She looked, to me anyway, identical to a, a person that was on now on my little list of people um just having having to get over the list eventually 
you know, let the list go of knowing different, you know, some of the people I knew them, some of them I didn't, but not fixating on them so much, not comparing, constantly comparing myself to them, getting to a point where, you know what, I can't change anything about that. I'm not going to hold myself hostage any further to these people or these other individuals, or you shared your password or being out in the open, things like that made a difference to see the willingness that was not there before. And because I did all of that, I think that when you came encounter with that person, it was definitely scary. But I think overall, you had, you had a sense of peace of mm-hmm. what we've built up to that point that you can navigate through this scary moment until the point that like, by the time we left that place. Yeah, we were good. Yeah, we were good. But a lot of that had to do with you. Because the way that you carried yourself towards me and towards everyone else at that point made all the difference. Because it wasn't like you're going to take this person and go off. I mean, honestly speaking, if it comes down to it and you have to pair off in some ways, because we can't be with each other all the time. But if it comes to a situation where you have to take somebody with you to go meet or do whatever, more than likely you probably didn't take that person only because of, if, if not any other reason, because of what it could possibly trigger or cause that you would be aware of your actions and your choices overall that you were making sure they did not resemble the the likeness of what they were before and if whenever something and then being open and honest for triggers because there there were times where there were circumstances beyond our control but it would trigger something but for us to have the conversation on the front end before it became anything else to say you know what i know this looks crazy but i want you to be in the loop from beginning to end i'm meeting with this and somebody might say that's unnecessary that's just over the top but to the extent that you're willing to sacrifice even if it's uncomfortable even if it should be unnecessary because of the circumstances you go over and beyond to make sure that there's ease and reassurance i'm just letting you know i'm about to take this call with such and such I'm not going to schedule it at late at night. I'm having it during the day. You can be there with us. Or why don't you sit in on this meeting just to make sure you feel comfortable that you know I'm not saying anything. I'm not doing anything that resembles all those other secret long conversations or meetings and things that happened. Because if it looks like it or it starts to, you know, it, it, it just looks like something else. And I need to feel safety. I need to feel that I can be safe with you. I love that you say that because I I hear, I'll read online or just, you know, in conversation sometimes that people use this idea of insecurity as almost an insult, you know what I mean? And for you to say, like, people might feel like that's unnecessary, that's doing too much or, you know, to even be like, oh, she's so insecure and you shouldn't have to do all that. When the reality of it is, is that this is a relationship between the two of you. And if that's what it takes to create that sense of security, then that's what needs to be done. And I just want to encourage anyone that feels like, oh, I shouldn't be asking for this or I shouldn't, you know, um, feel this way or is it something wrong with me? It's just the opposite. Like if you can if you can ask for that level of security of your spouse, I think it makes you guys stronger. If like the offending spouse can feel a sense of, you know, um, just care and compassion and, um, sacrifice like it's a sacrifice of privacy but if you care and love that much of your spouse then it should be something that you're willing to do and it's not something that's bad for a season if you're working towards creating that foundation of security and safety you know because i I mean for me for sure i'll read especially where we are now i'll read that and we'll feel you know offended or a twinge like you know um 
attacked because I have these senses of insecurity, but there is a reason for it, you know, and if we want to work towards getting past it, I think it's necessary. So the distinction from me having to ask for that level of reassurance and you willingly offering it to me made a big difference. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where I didn't have to ask. And that's when I began to, the, the guard was slowly coming down because I'm like, I'm not even, I stopped looking. Initially mm-hmm. I was looking, I was an inspector gadget, but I got to a point where I was like, I, the consistency is here. I don't even need to ask anymore. It, it, it took a while, but I didn't, I didn't even need to check your phone or anything for that matter to make sure you're, I'm like, I'm not going to, I can't live like that. Checking your phone just in hope that you actually are where you said you were going to be or that it wasn't one of those people. And another thing, this may be strange and a little extra, but Eric got to a point where to restore honor. And most people may not do this, but he literally called many of these people in front of me and said, I just want to let you know, as an act of just restoring honor to my wife, we are no longer in front of me, with me right there present. That was, an act, I mean, that's bonus, but it made a difference for me because now you you knew about me. I didn't know about you, but now you know I know about you and he's made a statement and there's an accountability in place. So at this point, I don't And at the, initially I didn't know if it was for show or what, but even, and I questioned it. I did, I'm like, they probably playing this. I don't know. But the reality <laughs> is that's just how my mind thinks, but Same. the consistency over time and the willingness to go to that extent, because that's extra. But it was like, okay, what, what's left? This person has done all that they, having done all to stand. You've done everything. You've dotted every I, crossed every T. You've exposed it. You put it out there. Or you've changed your phone number. Or you've said, don't call anymore. I'm not going to call you anymore. This is the last conversation. My wife is right here. And do you want to say anything? And yeah, I didn't, it wasn't much to say in those cases. But just to put that honor back in place between those individuals. So that mm-hmm. we're all on the same page. That to me, that restores some dignity that if I run into you in the store, I know that we've had the conversation and everybody's all, everything's out in the open and I, I don't have to wonder what the last conversation was or whatever. Mm, that's really good. Really, really good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> like just the timing of it all. I just, I know it's not coincidental and I just, um, I'm just, again, thankful for you guys you know, just sharing that, sharing your journey and just, just being so open and transparent, you know, and just even taking the time to walk, you know, it's kind of, it, was, it went from like podcast to like, oh, therapy <laughs> it was like a therapy session. So even like just taking time to walk through and share with them to us specifically with an audience listening, because I know someone else is walking through this and it's going to be impactful, it, but sure. if for no one else, it's helpful for us, um, especially in the season that we're in. I'm just, I'm thankful for that. Thank you for sharing. So. Um... As we bring this thing to a close, um, is there any, you know, last nugget or gem or lesson, any last thing that you guys want to share as we bring this thing to a close? I guess especially for anyone walking through the aftermath of an affair. I just want to, um, I just hope, literally I'm using that word, to say we are an example of the hope of God, of what he can do and how he can restore and make all things new. Like literally, I I didn't always believe, I I knew the scripture, it sounded good, but I got to a point where I felt hopeless and I I felt the death, but I I now live 
in the resurrection of that and can and, and can attest that it's real, that God can not only restore a situation, but make it better than it was before. I feel like our marriage is, this marriage is new and is stronger. It's stronger, it's resilient, but it's stronger than what we had before. Our intimacy, he didn't only give us back what we lost, but gave us more. But we had to be, both of us had to hurt, we both had to die so that we could be resurrected. When you go through something and you make it to the finish line together, it just does something on an increased level. Um, and I was going to say the same thing. God heals. I think there's this, this myth out there that whatever happened in the Bible is not relevant to everyday life. God is still the God of the Bible. and He does heal. We have to put in the work and most of the work is dying to ourselves. But if you're willing to do that, and, and put away your selfish agenda and do whatever it takes, you can get through this season. And as Susie said, I think that our relationship is sweeter. Um, I think it's beautiful. And um, I believe it's possible for any couple. I think we made up in our minds in the middle of it that we were not going to get a divorce. And we also made up <laughs> our minds that we weren't just going to go through the motions. This, this wasn't good. We're not a parents type people. And so, um, yeah, God can do the same for you. Good stuff. So I don't normally do this, but, you know, I feel led to do it. Um, as we bring this episode to a close, would you guys mind praying for, you know, those that are watching or listening as we close out? Sure. Father, we thank you. We thank you because your son Jesus came on, uh, down to earth and died for a bride that he knew would uh, be unfaithful to die for a group of people that he knew would pledge to love your son until death, but found um, themselves involved in so many different things, so many things that they put in front of you, but your son still chose to die anyway. And this is an example for marriages, that there is nothing that we cannot overcome if we trust in you, Lord, and trust in your process and your will and your plans for marriage. I pray for any married couples that are listening, wherever they are, whatever their circumstances are, I can assure that whatever the circumstances are, they're no worse than the circumstance of betraying our, our, our savior. And I pray that you would please give every married couple first, first and foremost, the um, understanding of what marriage really is, the ability to love without conditions, to love without limitations, to love one another, as you love us. And I pray wherever they are in this season, whether it's fresh and has just been exposed, whether they're in the middle of the storm and they're trying to figure out the next step, whether it's um, coming to a place of healing, but there's still reservations, this is an opportunity for, for these couples to trust in you, to represent you, to reflect your love. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be unleashed, that they would allow your Holy Spirit to be unleashed in their marriage to flow as you please without them getting in the way. Let your will be done. Teach men how to love their wives as Christ has loved the church, willing to die for their wives at any cost. Teaching women to esteem and, and support and, and encourage their husbands, even when they don't feel like it or they don't find any strength, Lord God. Show us that love is more about commitment than it is about how we feel. 
And I pray that you would bring about your healing, the same healing that you've graced for Susie and I to experience. Would you allow that to happen for every couple that's willing to go through this process? In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, uh, Pastor Eric, Susan, thank you guys. Pastor Susan. Pastor Susan. Pastor Eric, Pastor Susan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you call me one, you got to call her that. But y'all can even say Eric. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys. Um, this has been another episode of the Life Defined Podcast. I uh, hope you guys were blessed by today's conversation. And we'll see you guys next time. Wait, before oh. we go, can you tell us where to oh. find you online? Right. And everywhere else and anything that you're working on right now. Oh, okay. You could find, well, we have our social media pages at Eric Kellum on both Instagram, Facebook, and also Twitter, although I barely check Twitter. <laughs> you are? I am Susan, Susan Cleveland Kellum. <laughs> Susan Cleveland Kellum on Facebook and the real Susan Kellum on Instagram. And we have a website, but it's not really, we got to update it. So we're not going to give you that yet. Um, so you can reach out to us through the social media pages. Um, I'm working on a book um, about god and family that i hope to reveal in 2021 and i'm working on journeyman and um together we are actually counseling so you can um, reach us reach out to us for marriage counseling we are accepting that right now and am i missing something um our kids are our girls are doing a uh, youtube thing called taylor simmons zoe okay uh Sounds as it spells T A Y L O S Y M, the symbol and Zo, and it's just four girls doing all types of goofy stuff. <laughs> like attention, I don't know. Um, I think that's it for right now. Okay, yeah. that's great. I'll um I'll put the links in the description. Okay. For everything. I enjoy talking with you guys. Yes, Watson. Thanks for having. Enjoy talking to Thank you guys you. too. Thank you so much. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye-bye.